Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Art of Awesome, episode number 113. And for me, any kind of contentment really allows you to let now be enough. And in that enoughness, you're, you're solely focused on what's right here. When you're solely focused on right here, you can, you can dig a lot, lot deeper than when your mind is scattered everywhere else. Um, I, I keep thinking that I'm, I'm such, even though my skills are worse now as a kayaker, I'm better mentally because I'm more present. When my skills were better, I was still, I was worried and scared and I've got to make that third, you know, I was already four moves into the rapid and I was sitting in the eddy. <laughs> and now, you know, do I prepare and plan and, and check it out? Yeah, I do. But then it's like, okay, I know what to do. And then I got to let it happen. And I, and I think that's the, the thing for athletes or, or anyone is, is preparing, but then letting it happen. That's what I'm talking about. Wait. Okay, now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to the Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. My goal is to share with you stories, knowledge, and inspiration as we continue on the journey together, searching for that secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone, to The Art of Awesome. I am your host, Nick Troutman, and this is the show where we search for that secret sauce to success and the difference between the average and the awesome. Today is Monday, so we've got another deep dive interview for you guys today. Um, Honestly, today was a phenomenal interview with a great friend of mine and someone that I find truly inspiring in so many different ways. Uh, today, I got to speak with Arjuna Ishaya. Uh, he's actually the first person that I've had on the show for a second time. Uh, I did an interview with him back for episode number 64. Um and we brought him back on as he just finished a new book that truly was inspiring to me. I felt like this book was written for me, but I got to bring him back on. And Arjuna, if you guys haven't listened to episode 64, please go back and, and check it out because there's some amazing advice that he shares with us. Um, but he's the whitewater kayaking monk, um, or at least that's what I like to call him. He's an Ishaya monk as well as a speaker, a coach, and an author. And he just came out with a new book called Chasing More and Finding Enough. And I couldn't recommend this book anymore. I mean, honestly, I feel like this book was written either for me or about me. Um, there's just so much great advice that I found so um, relatable for myself personally. And yeah, I can't wait to actually gift this book to a ton of people uh, through the holidays this year. Um, but yeah, an amazing book and a phenomenal interview as we dive deep into the concepts behind chasing more and finding enough. Arjuna shares with us uh, his whole concept behind the donut life, which we talk a little bit about in our previous interview, but we just kind of dive deeper into what that consists of and how to deal with trying to reach for your potential, trying to find trying to reach for your potential and becoming more while really just being present 
and um, living in the moment. We we talk a lot about flow state, living in the moment, being in the now, and and essentially being instead of just doing. Um, again. This entire interview was just filled with nuggets of gold, as I like to say, Um, and there's just so much phenomenal advice that Arjuna shares with us. So honestly, this might be one of those uh, interviews and podcasts that you might want to listen to a second time because there's just so much stuff that I find uh, thought-provoking and uh, inspiring and just different things that we could all, and again, I mainly speak for myself, implement into our lives uh, just to live a more fulfilling life, a more happy life, uh, um, a life that's just filled with more joy and purpose and being. So anyway, I clearly enjoyed the interview with Arjuna and can't speak highly enough about him. So let's wait no longer and jump right into it. Here is Arjuna Ishaya. So Arjuna, thank you again for joining me uh, here on the Art of Awesome podcast. Uh, for those of you guys that missed out, um, I actually already did a, another interview with Arjuna back in episode 64. So if you guys haven't checked that out, uh, please do. There's just some phenomenal advice and and yeah, Arjuna is an amazing uh, individual um, but for those of you who maybe didn't listen to that one and just kind of want a, a bit of a recap, Arjuna, you are one, you're an Asaya monk, correct? Did, did I pronounce that right this time? Ishaya. Ishaya, Ishaya, man. <laughs> one of these days I'm going to get that right. Um, but you're also, also a family man, author, coach, and whitewater kayaker, which I think is super cool because I don't know that many whitewater kayaking monks. Um, and <laughs> yeah, so pretty stoked. And you came out with this new book um, called Chasing More and Finding Enough. And um, like I just, uh, I, I was talking to you before we pressed record, and this book is just phenomenal, honestly. It's so relatable, and, and I feel like you kind of wrote the book about me. Um, and I just, yeah, the, the whole book was just a, a combination of the fact that it's like just super relatable, and then the fact that you have these like kayaking tidbits in there too. Just, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is totally like my life. And, and yeah, so uh, I couldn't, awesome. yeah, I couldn't put the book down. It's very cool. So definitely highly recommend everybody to check that out. Um, and, uh, if you guys are on my Christmas list, I'll probably be sending you one. But um, <laughs> but in the book, you thank you, you. Awesome. Well, thank you for writing it because I, I truly did get a ton of value out of it. Um, but in the book, you talk a lot about the donut life, which which we kind of talked about in our last interview a little bit. Um, but for the audience that maybe didn't hear the previous interview, can you kind of just give us a brief outline of what the donut life is? Yeah, it's it's like when you scramble, well, not even scramble, but you get busy getting everything that you think you want. Um, you, you, you line all your ducks up, you get the life, the experiences, the possessions, the job, the, the 2.4 dogs. And, <laughs> you, you, and I had that. I, I had my life looking exactly the way that I wanted to. I could, I was kayaking all summer, snowboarding all winter, and yet, um, living in a, a phenomenally beautiful, even now when I look at the photos, they take my breath away, this beautiful, beautiful place in New Zealand. And yet I was so confused because I wasn't feeling 
like fulfilled or content or satisfied or any of these things that I thought I should be. Or I thought that my culture had said that you would, that this is success, this is outward success, you, that will make you happy. And I found that it made me the opposite of happy, just <laughs> more and more confused because I was like, I have all this stuff. I have my life exactly ticked off and yet I feel like I'm empty. So I came up with the, the donut life with a big whopping hole in the middle. <laughs> so, yeah, every time I hear of that concept, uh, again, it's it's just um, one, I think it's very applicable to so many people out there and, and definitely something that I've felt <clears throat> uh, throughout my life as well, where you, you have these like, I don't know if it's what society says you're supposed to have or whether it's just dreams and desires and all these things. And so many times I've like checked them off and then I'm like, well, now what? Like um, in the book as well, you talk about the like, I'll be happy when mentality, uh, when it's like when my team wins or when I lose the weight um, or when I finish the project. And, um, and I couldn't agree with more of it because you have that idea, but that the satisfaction doesn't last. It's, it's like, it might last, you know, for a day or a moment or, you know, a week if it's like a huge project. Um, but then there's always like, you're followed with the what's next. And, and I found this very much. So when I won the world championships where it was such a big goal of mine, and then I achieved it and I'm like super proud. And I remember like the de- the next day, like after winning the world championships, like that day, just like full on living the high, the next day being like just super proud and stoked. And then by day two, this is so like day two after winning and being like, huh, now what? Like nothing has changed. It's like when you have a birthday and, and everybody's like, oh, now that you turn 20 or now that you turn 30 or whatever it is, how different is life? And you're like, well, it's kind of the same as it was yesterday. Um, so yeah, how do you kind of deal with that um, that kind of what's next mentality and, and how there's always kind of like another mountain after the mountain that you have climbed? Yeah. Well, that's the nature of more <laughs> is that, is it, it just keeps going and going. Sorry, I'm, I might have missed the first part of your question, but you, it, I, I, everybody I talk to is the same. And um, especially those who are really high achievers or very critical of themselves, they'll win or they'll complete, but they didn't win enough right. <laughs> or they didn't complete enough. You know, they, they felt like if it's a sporting event, their opposition just fell over or, um do you know they didn't even though they got what they wanted it wasn't good enough <laughs> and so yeah there's always more and that's and, and and if you set your life up right that's the way it's going to be do you know constant what's your next challenge what's your next point of growth how can you learn more and i think that's a wonderful aspect but it's only half of life so right how do you deal with how do you deal with um that desire for that and not even, I don't know if desire is the right word, but just um, like chasing that enough and that more while also still just kind of being present with what you've got. And, and it's, for me, it's this like very much like yin and yang where it's like almost like cyclical where I'll go through these like ups and downs um, where I'll like, I'll chase something, I'll, I'll achieve it. And then I just kind of start back at the, at the start where it's like, okay, well now that I've, I've, 
you know, ticked off that goal. What's next? What's the next goal? Because there's because there always is like I, I feel like there always is another mountain. No matter what, however big the mountain is that you're climbing, you get to the to the peak, you get to the top of the mountain, and then there's just always another mountain, and and it's like forever. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so trying to like balance that, being content with what I've got, but still chasing more and kind of like reaching for that potential too. Well, I, I think, in, you know, in sports psychology, they, t- they get near it when they talk about um, a goal orientation versus a process orientation. A- and when you're so focused on the goal, it's usually an external thing like winning a medal or um, a certain amount of salary or a bonus. Um, there's some sort of external marker of your success. And, and that's, I think that's perhaps important to kind of have a, a loose idea that that would be great, that would be nice. But it's the, the moment-by-moment process that takes you there. And for me, the moment-by-moment process comes back again to the moment. It's, this is all we truly have to live. And we're so often in the future with that whole, oh, when I get there, then I'll feel a certain way about myself that will prove something to the world or to my parents or to, <laughs> to my, that primary school teacher. You know, we, we're trying to prove our existence by what we do, what we achieve, what we get, what we, what we have. And the present only time you can actually work towards something. It's the only moment that life is, but it's also the only moment where you can infuse it with quality. And if you're so focused on a future moment, you can't bring any quality to now. You can't bring any presence or awareness to this. And as John Lennon said, life happens. Life is what happens when we're busy making other plans. (laughs) Life is what happens when we're busy striving towards some future goal. And uh, we we lose the quality, I think, is the the essence uh, of of finding that balance is, is knowing that I can only climb a mountain by taking one step. And that one step is right here, right now. I love that. I, I love bringing it back to like that here and now and, and realizing that you're totally correct that, that, that we, life only happens in the, in the moment. I mean, we can, we can project into the future or, or we can reminisce on the past, but it is the moment that we're living in that that's where life is that's where you're living it. Do you know what I mean? You, you can't be living in the past or in the future. It's like in the now. For me as an athlete, uh, and, and, and maybe you might relate to this or not, I feel like you're, you're several layers above, above where I am trying to achieve to in this like spiritual mindset and, and just uh, contentness with life. But um, as an athlete, I'm, I'm always trying to achieve like what I would deem, you know, peak physical and mental, you know, um, whether it be health or just kind of like a peak state. Right. Um, and, and part of being in that peak state, especially as for both competing and, and, and even like maybe you dealt with this, I think you kind of told me a little bit in our last interview as, as a monk, um, or maybe it was in one of your books that I read it in. Um, but you're, you're almost like you're trying to get to this level that 
may or may not exist, but but either way, you're not necessarily living in the moment at the same point. Like, do, so how do I try to become the best athlete that I can, whether it be through you know exercising more or eating healthier or training harder, but at the same point, be content with the moment that I'm that I'm living and 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 trying to just really take part of that. Does does that make any sense to you? Yeah, yeah, and and people get so confused because they think having a healthy ambition is the opposite of contentment. <laughs> and so they go, well, I have to pick one. And I'm saying, no, you, you kind of want to have both. And for me, any kind of contentment really allows you to let now be enough. And in that enoughness, you're, you're solely focused on what's right here. When you're solely focused on right here, you can you can dig a lot, lot deeper than when your mind is scattered everywhere else. Um, I, I keep thinking that I'm, I'm such, even though my skills are worse now as a kayaker, I'm better mentally because I'm more present. When my skills were better, I was still, I was worried and scared and I've got to make that third, you know, I was already four moves into the rapid and I was sitting in the eddy. <laughs> And now, you know, do I prepare and plan and, and check it out? Yeah, I do. But then it's like, okay, I know what to do. And then I got to let it happen. And I, and I think that's the, the thing for athletes or, or anyone is, is preparing, but then letting it happen. Um, the more you focus in this present moment, if you, the more you make the most of this, the more you can truly dig into a deeper experience than than what your mind can give you. And, and I think we've all experienced that in terms of fear, but in terms of overthinking, in terms of just gripping too much, uh, being too far in the future, too worried about the consequences, too worried about your opposition, perhaps. Um, and that gets in the way of quality experience. Um, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. No, I hundred uh, percent know what you're talking about, and 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 I think in, in the book you kind of reference like trying to be instead of just trying to do, and and I think if I'm correct, I think that's kind of what we're referencing here, and I find that a lot uh, in in life that that I'm trying to balance that, but but kayaking for me for some reason is one of the the. I don't know if it would be the few experiences, but definitely one of the most prevalent experiences where I'm able to be instead of just do or, or try to do. And, and I think that's because in kayaking and, and like what you mentioned, when you peel out of the eddy, so I can be in the eddy and I can be planning out all the different lines or I could be on shore scouting out all the different moves that I've got to make. But once I peel out of the eddy and, and I'm in the flow now, I... I'm way more likely to tap into that flow state and just kind of that in the moment um, thinking it and reacting and being because um, I just I have to react with whatever the river's throwing at me. I, I might have all these plans, but they might, you know, fully be go astray. Do you know what I mean? And you just kind of have to deal with it. And and for me, that's always been one of the reasons that that I've always been very much drawn to kayaking is because is it, it like forces you into these, into these experiences and into these moments of life where, where there is no, I don't, I don't know if I'd say planning because I do plan. I plan, 
the run and I plan the rapid and, and scouting and all that stuff, but, but it forces me into this moment where I have to react and I have to just force myself into these quick decision-making, um, just moments. And yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty unique and there's few things like it. I, I mean, I think, uh, talking with a lot of different, you know, athletes and, and stuff like that, I think anything with speed is probably pretty similar. Like whether you're driving like a super fast race car or whether you're, you know, bombing down a mountain on skis or something like that, you're kind of in this moment of reacting. Um, but yeah, I, kayaking kind of brings that to me. And, and I think it, I think a lot of people, especially within the sport of kayaking would, would kind of say the same thing where maybe we always can't all put the same words to it, but it, it's this moment of Zen where you feel like you're in that moment reacting and truly being instead of kind of like planning and thinking like, again, talking about like the flow state, I, I like, I love the whole concept of the flow state and, and, and I've researched and, and interviewed a lot of people about that as well. And for me, kayaking, because you're in that like being mindset, um, it's almost like tapping more into the subconscious mind instead of the, into the conscious mind, because I'm not like, I'm not processing everything that's coming and, and more just kind of reacting. Um, have you figured out a way, um, as the wise monk that you are, have you figured out a way how to kind of tap into that a little bit more off of the river? Uh, and maybe in the moments where I'm not kind of in kayaking, cause, cause it's, it's fairly easy for me to do that in kayaking, but I'd love to be able to do that a little bit more in everything in life. Yeah, well, exactly. And that was the, really the reason that I became <laughs> finally a monk was because I wanted those experiences off the river. <laughs> I, I could, I could be in nature and in these wild places and, and get the sense of what it was like to truly connect with the moment, with the forces of nature in that moment. And, 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 re and react, like purely respond and, re and get out of my head. I wanted that more in life because I saw, I saw how I could plan life, but constantly there was the unexpected boil line. That, <laughs> you know, it was just that the current that pushes you off that you just didn't see or didn't expect, or it was just a random blot in life. And that's why, yeah, that's why I became a monk really. And that was, through practice increasingly of meditation. And, and for me, meditation is all about absorbing yourself in the present moment, the simple practice and, and habit forming of, of getting out of your head uh, into that sense of and being right here, right now. So yeah, that's, when, that's what I found. That's what I think is crucial. When you're meditating, what what just kind of give us a rundown of what that is like? Are you meditating indoors, outdoors? How long are you meditating? Is it trying? Or like, do you try to try to go in silence or or kind of run us through just like a, a quick thirty second version of of what meditation looks looks like for you? <laughs> well, I I think there's so many different forms, and and like there's so many different cars. You know, and you've got to find the one that works for you. But obviously there's your beginner car that's that's a bit rough around the edges, but will do the job. <laughs> and then there's sort of beautiful luxury cars that are easy to use. And, and so it, it, if at first you don't find what you're looking for, keep looking because you'll find the technique or the teacher that will really make sense to you. 
Um, for me, I, I use a kind of a form of a mantra, which isn't a back to back kind of phrase, but almost like dropping a, a pebble into a pond. It, it allows like a tuning fork. It aligns you with the present moment with who you truly are. And so um, how long uh, inside traditionally, unless it's nice and warm outside, I'll go out. But um, I try and get an hour and a half every day. Um, but, you know, I've got a, it, that's my minimum. I've got a busy life, but it sets me up. It gives me, again, more quality of life, more quality of action, more quality of doing when I prioritize that sense of being. So <laughs> is, that, is that enough of a... No, that's perfect. That, that's exactly what I was looking for. I'm just trying to... Uh, I love the analogy of the cars too, because I think that's... It, it makes total sense to me where like like cars you know there's a lot of different ways to ways you can or a lot of different vehicles and uh just trying to figure out which one is is the one that's right for you is yeah it's such a a great way of explaining it as as a family man yourself how many kids do you have again arjuna or arjun sorry i got two got a one-year-old and a four-year-old one-year-old and four-year-old okay okay um so as as a parent myself and and maybe maybe it's just easy for you but for me every now and then like parenting can be stressful and can be difficult and i feel like it's like um i don't know it 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 is that ultimate experience of trying to put yourself like trying to deal with the here and now while kind of like under pressure how do you kind of minimize um the stressful experiences or what do you do maybe to like take a deep breath and kind of like calm down when I, I don't know if your kids ever screaming and going crazy or whatever, but every now and then my kids will be like screaming and fighting and doing whatever. And it just like my, my levels just like escalate immediately. And I, and I, I've got to try to like consciously not like yell or whatever, but even every now and then I probably, I probably raise my voice more. That's something I'm definitely working on is like making sure to try not to yell, but like how are some of the best, or I don't know, do, do you have any advice as, as a parent yourself of like kind of how to deal with stress in parenting? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I know for sure I'm most reactive to my kids when I'm, the most um, distracted. Do you know, I, I, will, I will blow up when I'm distracted. And so I've really learned that I can't do two things at once. I can't just quickly send this email if I'm looking after my kids. <laughs> you know, it just, it doesn't work. I just, I can't quickly do this task and be with them. It has to be, I, I kind of have to be all in unless they're quietly watching TV and then I can quickly <laughs> you know, do something. But the other thing is remembering um, it's the whole thing of, of having a plan, but surrendering to what is actually happening right here, right now. And, and remembering that, do you know what, despite any plan or any deadline, what's really important to me is my relationship with these little guys. And I'm, Absolutely. I want to be unconditionally, but I want to also hold high standards. So I, I have that sort of sense. I'm here to guide you, but I'm here to love you as well. And, and, and it's that whole thing of that mission is far more important than making it to school on time. 
(laughs) even though that's a close second. (laughs) But when I make it getting to school on time more than, do you know what I mean? Everything gets, everything gets a bit more irritable. And so for me, it's that, that matter of prioritizing, like really prioritizing the moment rather than my to-do list, you know, and and the plan. No, I I love that. And it is, that's great advice and something that I probably already am aware of, but I need to implement a lot more of, of, of just trying to make sure that like exactly what you're saying. When I'm irritable, it's usually because I'm trying to do something else and then this situation's going on in the background or whatever. Um, and I need to realize that like I'm also, I, I should be a dad and a parent first uh, and a father and, and, and a loving father at that. So if I'm going to deal with the situation, I need to put put everything away that I'm, you know, whatever I'm working on so that I can go deal with that situation uh, instead of trying to like get upset because I'm trying to, you know, work or do anything else at the, at the same time. No, that's great advice there. You know, David Goggins, that famous uh, yep. ex-Navy SEAL runner, madman. I mean, he, I saw him say something beautiful the other day. He said, if you're going to do something, go all in. You know, just do it fully. <laughs> if you're going to commit, give it everything. And, and for me, that's, that's so apparent with the present moment. If I'm going to be dad, be all in with the dad. If I'm going to be at work, then shut the door, be all in. <laughs> you know, don't try and do multitasking, right? It's, that, it's like the scourge of our times. <laughs> and especially trying to work from home, it's a, you got to be so clear on, no, this is this is what the purpose of this moment is for. At yeah. least that's what I've found. No, I think that I think that's you know amazing advice and and yeah, I think it also very much it applies to both like being successful at doing something, but also kind of living in that moment as well. Just like you you can have the success and you can have the the kind of mental clarity and and peace of mind where when you go all in, you're gonna have you're going to be able to have better results by going 100% all in. And then you're also going to be able to feel better because you're living in the moment instead of trying to do two things at once. Yeah, I, I often talk about that. You know, when you, when you truly commit to something, everything gets easy because <laughs> you're not sitting on the fence wondering, oh, what am I going to do? Um, and I, and I, I, I heard that recently, you know, the fight, flight, freeze response that we have in, in extreme situations the fight one is obvious and the, the flight one is obvious, but the freeze is not actually freeze. It's just you're oscillating. Your mind is oscillating between do I fight, do I run, do I fight, do I run? <laughs> and so you just, you do nothing. And that's what happens when we don't actually commit to something. We just oscillate between options. And when right. you commit, you only rid of all options and say, this is it. And then you can be consistent with that and, and work with something, you know, and, and, I, I love that way of thinking. Uh, that is that is amazing. I, I never really thought of the fact that with fight, flight, and freeze, that that's exactly what freeze is. It's just a lack of decision, really. Um, so, so really what it comes down to is we should all just be better at making decisions and just sticking with the decision that we made. I know that I've... I, 
I'm probably not the best person at always sticking with my decision. Again, like when I'm in the river and, and I'm in an environment where you make a decision and you just have to deal with it, that's totally, you know, great. I think my problem when is when it's like there's too much time available where like if I go to a restaurant and, and I like and I've got a menu in front of me with like a hundred different things to order and, and I've got unlimited time to make the decision. I just like I'm going back and forth like, ooh, what about this? What about that? Like if the if the waiter came and said or or waitress and they're like, you've got you've got to pick something off the menu in three, two, one, and then I had to pick something. Like it's not an issue, do you know what I mean? I just pick whatever is maybe the first thing that that looks appealing to me. But it's almost like the, the time commitment combination is when that uh, lack of decision kind of probably is more prevalent. Yeah. yeah. But I, you know, I, and I talk about it in the book, but I really think we already know, you know, often with, with, with decisions, with what we truly want, we already know. It's just that that, that inner knowing or the intuition or that first instinct gets jumped on and, and gets, beat up by, well, I should. And do you know, we, we kind of lose our source of wisdom. And that for me is, is critical about a practice of, of sort of present moment awareness, like meditation is, is you gain a, a sense of wisdom to get a sense of known intuition and no, this is truly right for me. Um, another reason why if you're going to do something, you know, get present first and then you'll really feel or be able to listen, tune in to what's what the moment needs. Yep. I, I love how you're, you're calling it intuition. Sometimes I refer to it as like a gut instinct or, or whatever. And um, again, this is something that's like very prevalent in, in the flow state and, and just talking about people that, you know, referring to, to flow or anything like that. And it is that kind of that gun, gut instinct or intuition or, uh, or whatever you want to refer to it as. Um, again, for me, like this is, and I've talked with other, other friends of mine, especially within the paddle sports industry where, um, in kayaking, it's really easy for me to trust my gut instinct. I've, I've got all these, you know, years of experiences to know, to trust the gut instinct when I'm feeling like, Ooh, I should maybe walk this one, or I'm just not feeling it, or or whatever it might be, or I'm going to do this, you know, this stroke, or or I'm whatever that gut instinct is, right? I, I know to trust it at this point in in my career and and my paddling, whereas it's not always as obvious. Um, and as I say this, my gut instinct now is like, well, it is just as obvious. I just don't trust it nearly as much in, in real life, like in the rest of life. Do you know what I mean? Whether it be in, in business, in parenting, in all these other things, I really just need to take a moment and, and trust that intuition, trust that gut instinct and know like it's just as strong in every other aspect of life as it is in kayaking. And I just need to trust it more because that gut instinct is there for a reason. And, and I know now more than I ha ever have before is like, there's a reason why you have that gut instinct. Like it's, it's it, your, whether it's your subconscious mind, like telling you, Hey, like nudging you, uh, maybe we should go in this direction or try this thing. Um, do you find, I, I actually had, had one of these experiences this morning in the sense of just, I've been dabbling in like some real estate investing as of lately. And, and that's always been the hardest for me because I don't have as much 
experience to trust on that gut instinct. But at the same point, I have years of experience to trust on the gut instinct. I'm just applying it in a different aspect of life. Um, long story short, I had a, I had like a gut instinct this morning on like a direction to go, and I found it happened first thing in the morning. Do you, do you find anything similar where you're maybe more um, more in tune with that intuition at different times of the day, or whether it be through meditation or or like during or right after meditation, any of that kind of thing? Yeah, I think that all applies. Yeah. <laughs> I think th the intuition gets drowned out the busier we are. Um, and, and why so pe pe so many people are so disconnected and, and, you know, the busier we get, the less we can listen or the more concerned we are about who's watching or what the results will be, or the fact that I have no experience in this field, we go, well, we, we stop listening. And the fact is, I think, I think this, you know, often I've worked, I mean, Jordan Peterson talks about this. He's, he talks about you only wake up at o'clock in the morning when you berate yourself for not listening to your conscience. You never wake up at three in the morning for going, well done. I listened. <laughs> you, know? you always regret the not. And, and, and yet we're looking for the expert. You know, that's what we do. we well, I'm, I'm just a newbie in this field. So I'm kind of looking around what to do and, and someone tell me what to do. But I think the experts have found their way. They've found a way that suits them, you know, that suits their personalities. And, and then they, they teach from that. And perhaps the greatest coaches are more flexible in that they know a range of personalities they can adapt to. But really when it's us taking on knowledge, it's turning that into, okay, here's the, the boundaries, the useful boundaries, but in this field, but there's no real rules. I can do this any way I want to. And in fact, it will probably be better if I do, because then I, I you know, I, I trust myself. I, I'll go, well, that really didn't work. And it's not, it's my fault. It's not the system's fault, or, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect um, sense. Well, I was just going to say, especially with things, rental properties or, well, anything really, you, you know when you want to do business with a person or you know when you walk into a, a room or a house when it, when it feels right or doesn't feel right. or we have, we have so much information that we just discount. And I, and I think, like we've been talking about, it's valuable, very valuable information. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost feel like society as a whole, and, and I'm definitely like very much overstating all of this and, and whatever, but... Um, has almost like downplayed that intuition and that gut instinct in the sense that it's like, it's not tangible in the sense that like, I can't see or feel. So therefore this da data isn't real. You know what I mean? But yet our bodies and, and the human race and, and, and the world as it's as a whole is so much, you know, more intelligent than, than we give it uh, credit for and has so many different aspects that, I think we still don't fully understand where we're just taking in information. I actually, I listened to something recently about, about smell and, and with handshakes and just different things of like how much information we're taking in just from different smells that are totally like almost like subconscious. Like we're not even realizing that we're smelling these different things. And, and I think that happens in so many different aspects of life where information is coming in 
that is that is applying to almost like this whether it be the subconscious mind whether it be the intuition the gut feeling whatever it is that that's giving us data points that we're too often um brushing off as like oh that's that's not real i don't know why i'm thinking that because i don't have any scientific data to back that up um but i think i think it's all there we just we haven't figured out how it's all coming in oh yeah yeah and it's why a lot of people have a hard time with meditation is because they can't measure progress. You, you, <laughs> you can measure skills like strength, speed, um, profit, um, weight loss, weight gain. <laughs> um, but you can't measure attributes like creativity, love, patience. Um, and to, do you know that you, you, you know them? In fact, they're probably the things that you'll remember most when you look back over your life, but you can't measure them. And it's these things that meditation and inner practice give you this, what I call being. You can measure doing, but you can't measure the, the qualities that come from being when you really nurture that and strengthen, make that part of the central part of your life. And so because you can't measure it, people get frustrated with it and throw it out. And, and yet, Perhaps it's the center of our lives. It's the thing that allows us to really live an authentic, uh, bold, courageous life. Wow. I, I absolutely love that. And, and, and again, it's so relatable to, to everything that I do. I, I find I'm very much, probably like everybody in life, like want to measure progress. I'm, I'm very thirsty for progress. Um, and I, I practice yoga and I practice meditation and, and a lot of different things. Um, gratitude and all, all have been extremely beneficial in, in my life, which I absolutely love. But I, I probably fell off. I'm, I've just recently gotten back into yoga and meditation on a more regular basis because I had been practicing it in a different aspect. Um, and it is, it, you're totally correct where it's hard to measure. I can measure when I do yoga and I'm like stretching, for instance, right? I can measure while now I can touch farther to the floor or I can reach further or whatever. I can. It's all measurable. When I'm meditating after yoga, for instance, it's, it, you can't tell like, have I gotten better at meditating? Am I getting more uh, intuitive? Like, it's just, it's so hard to measure that. And, and I almost feel like because of that, at times I might practice it less. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, I, anyway, I, I agree with that. And I think it's something that I don't know if there is a solution to it other than just to keep doing it because you are get like, it's almost, I guess, I guess it would be like weight loss, right? You go to the gym and you pump a whole bunch of iron or you go for a run on the treadmill or run outside or whatever and you work really hard for day one for day two maybe even day three and then you go jump on the scale and nothing's different and you're like what the heck i just did a ton of work i spent like a ton of energy and i'm getting zero results and it's like well you're not getting zero results it's just small results over time and and i wonder if that's kind of the same way where instead of trying to measure it in the um, in the short 
timeline, what we need to do is we need to keep at it like you would with any side, any sort of exercise or health, and it's more of a long-term game than it is a short-term gain. Yeah, I think so. And, and just, uh, I mean, <laughs> you know it. I mean, the, the fact is, you know it when you walk into a situation and you, and you go through it smoothly rather than reacting and blowing up. You, you know it by the amount of joy that you have and, and just the, the calmness of your heart and the fact that your shoulders are not around your ears anymore. Um, the amount of gratitude that naturally comes from you. The fact that you're constantly smiling rather than frowning and snapping. You know, if you look for the signs, you'll see them. And, and if, if you can't see them, you'll be, <laughs> the people you live with certainly will. <laughs> You know, I had a buddy who said, look, <laughs> I'm not sure why I'm doing this meditation. And his wife heard us and, and she said, look, <laughs> if you stop meditating, I'm going to divorce you. <laughs> and so, you know, he kept going for a few months just because of that. But, you know, now he knows exactly why. But Right. No, that. Th yeah, I think that's totally correct where it's it's hard to see in the moment, but I think over time it's much easier. I I had a, a um a similar thing honestly with with gratitude um and I think there's tons of great benefits for gratitude. Um one simply just to be grateful and and to be aware of all that we have, right? Um and two I I, I don't even think that this is a reason, but it's more of like a uh, a, a benefit, like a sideline benefit that is beyond, like, I think we should be grateful just to be grateful, but just a total like sideline benefit that comes with that is the more grateful I am, I swear the more that I get in return. And it's, it's, and then in, in return for that, the more grateful I am again. Um, and it's just this, it's like this, they call it like the law of attraction and whatever, but it like the more that you give, like you, you get back tenfold in return. Um, and, and I bet meditation is a lot like that, that the more that you practice, the more intuition you get. And, and over time you'll just start to realize like, wow, it's, it's very much like a give and take. Like the more time that I focus on meditating, the more time that I put into this practice, very like very quickly, you'll start to pick up on, wow, I'm starting to actually get more of these like, you know, gut instinct or more of these uh, intuitive moments or different things like that. And and also probably you just start listening more because I, again, like what we were saying, I, I think the body and the subconscious mind and all of that stuff, it's, it, it tries to speak to us often, but if you're not listening, then you're just not listening. Well, I was just going to say to to summarize what you focus on grows, yep. you know, and, and that's so true. If you focus on negativity and fear and anger, that just what's wrong, what's missing, which you can always find, you can always find something that you don't like that just becomes more apparent in your, in your life. And, and you keep going down that that's what you create literally, but focus, despite what's missing, what you want to happen, what's not quite here yet, focusing on, on what you do have, um, just gives you more of the good stuff. And, and I've seen that in, so, in my life and so many people's lives. It also That's allows amazing. you to, yeah, to really recognize when you start forcing stuff, trying to push something through and it's just not happening to go, oh, hang on. What, why am I doing this? Why am I pushing through? Let's back off and try an easy way. 
and uh, that, that's a that's a crucial thing too. Yeah. And the the I, for some reason this is coming up, but talking about intuition, I'll say it. <laughs> the the Taoists have um, a concept called Wu Wei, and it's fascinating because it is usually translated as not doing in English, and it's not so much not doing, but it's more correctly. Um, translated as as not forcing there's a a guy called alan watts a long time ago he said the whole point behind wu wei is why do you row when you can sail do do you know what i mean why do you force things to happen when you can put up a sail and go with what wants to happen and and i think increasingly when you when you do pay attention when you focus what you want focus on what you want and that grows you get the same sense of that, the easy, smooth path rather than the, the struggle and the fight and the frazzle and the stress. It's That becomes super apparent too. Yeah. And I think just pulling it back to the river, because I, I have a tendency to always do that. It's the same when you're choosing a line and, and you... you purposefully you go with the flow it's it's always going to be way easier to go with the flow than it is to try to fight the current it's almost like pointless to try to fight the current because the current's going to win do you know what i mean like the river is way more powerful and I, and I feel like life in general is like that like don't go against the flow like just go with it and it'll be way easier um and i almost yeah it, it's a reminder sometimes to me i also whether it's intuition or whether it's just positive thinking or whatever, but I find sometimes um, when something happens that isn't the way that I wanted it to go, um, or I don't even know if I'd say like negative or or wrong or whatever, but it, it just like, it's not the way that I had like so-called planned it out. I, I sometimes try to remind myself like, well, maybe this is a reminder that really I'm going against the flow and I should be going in this other direction instead. Um, and just trying to be at least open to that concept and, and aware that there is always another way and try to go with the flow because it's just going to be easier. I, I like what you're saying where just make it easy instead of make it hard. You, know, you, can, you can be instead of always trying to do yeah yeah do you know um jocko willink that mm-hmm. uh, another navy seal he has that thing where he says good <laughs> you know when you get bad news or whatever you just say good <laughs> you fully accept it and you make the most of what you've been delivered do you know and, and it's the same with what you focus on what you focus on grows mm-hmm. so the, the the result comes or you get some news and and you just go okay cool what can i do with this and it's the same thing with when we get so stuck in our plans and what should happen, we, we resist what is happening. We lose touch with the present moment because we're so in our heads, can't see, we can't interact, we can't flow with what is happening right here, right now. And in a river situation, that's critical. We've got to deal with what is, what the way, there's no point going, well, well, this is not in my plan. <laughs> this shouldn't be happening to me. The fact is, and we get stuck in life, struggling and fighting against that because we said, well, this is not what I want it to be. And But <laughs> you've got to define it. In terms of the law of attraction, I don't really think that we, I'm not, so, I, I know we have the power to manifest, but I know for sure that we have the power to define. 
You know, we can let life define us or we can choose to define life as it happened. And, and there's a major difference with that because so often people get stuck in life is happening to me or, or quite easily you can choose to have the attitude, you know what, life happening for me. Just that assumption alone, okay, good, is <laughs> the same as that. Yeah, and, and it's a powerful way to live. It's, it really is because no life is always going to be throwing you offline, off plan. It's going to be <laughs> throwing you the unexpected and the un unwelcome. And the more present you can be, the more alive to it, the more positive you can spin, you can approach it, the more enjoyable and effective you're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't ever think like when, when the river throws you offline and, and you're trying to hit this line and it pushes you into this other curler or whatever, you don't have time to think like, oh my gosh, I can't believe the river did that to me. You just, you just have to react and deal with it. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and I think that the more that we try to implement that into our everyday life, the better. And I, I don't know if maybe I just find it so easy and, and warming uh, to think of everything in life towards the river. But I just think it's like, I don't know. I think there's so many lessons to be learned from the river that, uh, that, that I personally need to implement more into my life. And yeah, th there's another part in your book that I love. There's so many parts of the book that I love. Um, but you talk about making a, a to be list instead of just a to do list. I think very often, um, we all make it a, a to do list. Um, but for me anyway, I, I hadn't really made or very rarely make a to be list. Um, so I, I, Personally, I went through and I started making my to be list and very quickly um, my list got long and I realized there's a lot of being that that I need to work on. Um, I, <laughs> what advice might you have for how uh, to keep from being like overwhelmed with uh, a to be list? Well, I, th I think first of all, if in doubt, get really present and, and allow, allow you the qualities that you need for that moment in front of you to come forth. Do you know? Mm -hmm. um, you, looking at your to-do list for today, for example, you may have an idea of what you need to be. And, and the reason I wrote this, this book in terms of chasing more ambition and finding enough content and satisfaction was there was a lot of spiritual people I'm talking to saying, well, I, there's this problem, but I know I should accept it. And I'm going, no, no, no. If you can change it, go for it. it you, you may need some bravery. It may need some... Uh, some help but do something and so it, on your schedule for today you may need on your to-do list is like sorry to be list ah i need to be brave today i need to be calm very present and then stand up for something i believe in do you know yeah. and and so you can kind of get that sense of, of given your day but generally if in doubt you know be prioritize being present being calm and clear and wide open to what the moment contains. Um, it, it, as I said, it's not just pure acceptance and serenity. It is also, okay, I, I want to make a change here, but I'm, I'm going to sail. I'm not going to row. I'm not going to fight the current. I'm going to stand up for what I believe in, but in a, a non-forcing way. <laughs> yeah. um, so really... I, I, the other thing is I think so, much, so often we can get very self-critical 
and and go, well, I'm not this and I'm not that and I'm not like um, that person I admire, et cetera, et cetera. And so it can be overwhelming to go, well, I need to be all these things. Um, fundamentally, that to be list was a, a reminder to be you, <laughs> to Yes, sometimes you need to be more accepting. Sometimes you need to be more brave. However, it, all of that is aspects of you. And the more present and mindful you can be, the more mindless you stop being, the more those qualities can naturally come out. The more you know when those words are on the edge of your tongue, you just got to speak them regardless of what other people might think. Um, or you might make that decision because your gut just said it and you're like, you know what? I don't care. I have to go with it. Um, or you just throw your hands up in the air and go, you know what? I've got to be patient with this one. I've got to, got to wait it out until it unfolds and I can make an informed decision. Yeah. But I, uh, I love, that. I hope that helps a little bit, but I, th I think so often we're trying to be someone we're not and yeah. on a to be list. Um, we can all be more patient, but some of us are more passionate, you know, great. <laughs> um, we can, we can all be more, as I said, brave and passionate, but some of us are more slower paced and, and so, so be it. Yeah. And I think the biggest part of that too, that, that you said is that, um, to encourage and, and be 100% okay with, with being you. I, I think, again, I don't know, <clears throat> I don't know if it's social media or if it's society or whether it's just pressures from, from external pressures or whatever, where again, I I'm speaking at general terms, but maybe this is just completely me. Um, where there's like, feel like you need to be something else sometimes. And, and I think we all need to just be okay and, and ready just to be who we are. Cause we're all unique every, I mean, we all know this. We were taught like back in elementary school, your thumbprint is, is specifically set to you. Do you know what I mean? Like you're the, you're the one and only you and every single one of us is that one and only. And so I think we all need to be okay with that and realize that we are all unique and that we are all, we all have different, you know, uh, different things that we excel at, different interests, different whatever. And that's totally perfect. That's like, that's what we're meant to be. We're meant to be unique. So, so be okay with that and be proud of that. And, and just, and just do that. Be, be you, be whoever you are and, and try not to always have to kind of fit into that cookie cutter, you know, this is what we should do. This is how we should be. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I love that advice. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. Brilliantly said. I mean, it comes back to, we, we're constantly looking outside of ourselves for the experts. <laughs> you know, in terms of skills and knowledge, yeah, you can pick up a lot of stuff from outside yourself, but mm -hmm. you are the expert fundamentally in being you and, and, and we just don't trust ourselves. We yeah. don't. And so again, that sense of, and it's why so many people strive so hard to achieve and, and the ambition gone wild is because they're really trying to prove their worth to themselves or the rest of humanity. Right. But the greatest state you can really embody is where you have nothing to prove and nothing to hide. And so it's a beautiful state where you're not holding up an image or living behind a mask. And when you do that, you allow everybody to be real and honest and authentic too. And man, that's what a great day that would be when 
when the world's like that. Yeah. I, I think, again, in, in kayaking terms, it took me a long time to realize that, to, to get to a point where I no longer had something to prove in the sense of running rapids, simply in the sense of being okay with walking around rapids and, and portaging them. Um, when I was super young, I, I definitely had that, like something to prove, Oh, I've got to run this rapid. I, I can't walk it because, you know, I'm capable of doing it and I, and I need to prove that I'm capable of doing it where now I'm just totally, if I'm not feeling it that day and I have the intuition or, you know, gut instinct to walk this one, I am a 100% okay with doing that. And, and I think it comes with that experience of being like, well, I, I know now to trust the gut instinct. And I also know that I, I go paddling to prove to myself, like what I can do, not to prove to whoever's watching, um, that I can run this rapid or, or whatever. Um, again, just always trying to somehow my mind, uh, thinks of things clearer when I, when I refer to the river experience. Um, Arjuna, I had, I, I heard this quote and I, I forget exactly, you know, how it goes completely. Uh, it's more of a concept, I guess, than a quote, but it was something along the lines of, you know, this person was explaining heaven or the afterlife, uh, as being, you can, you can, and, and I don't know what your, your, um, ideas or concepts are on. So, so just, just hear this through as a concept because it, it is definitely just as a concept. Um, but that that heaven or the afterlife could be two different ways where you could either like dying you can see a reflection of either what you could be meaning like this was your potential and and that could you know possibly be a you know an unpleasant afterlife if if you didn't reach to that potential or like a, a heaven could be looking at the potential and it would be like a mirror reflection of who you are, meaning that you did reach that potential, that everything that we could be. Do you know what I mean? Um, how do you kind of balance chasing that, like that next and more and, and all that stuff with like trying to keep it in check, but also trying to reach for that potential that you feel that is within you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you started talking about heaven, it reminded me of a quote by one of my favorite authors, Anthony DeMello. And he's always, he said he was always asked, is there life after death? And he said, who cares? The question is, is there life before death? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, yeah. But balance, I think it, it for me, it, it's priorita prioritizing the source of wisdom and quality and, and the fun in my life when i prioritize that and and that for me is the present moment and my connection with it then it makes whatever goals or responsibilities um i, I start sailing towards them rather than rowing it, it just means the quality of my attempts goes through the roof. I, I, my sense of humor and my enjoyment of, of everything, of creating, of climbing a particular mountain is, is wonderful. I'm not hurrying to get to the top simply because I'm enjoying the act of, of doing. Um, but doing without that sense of being is, like we've talked about, is, is empty. So for me, it's, it's really a case of prioritizing that. And um, I prioritize it through my to-be list, <laughs> through reminding myself of that regularly. 
um, through the people that I hang out with um, and my, my daily practice, uh, really, A, making the most of this moment with my eyes open, but, but getting that sort of real deep grounding with my eyes closed. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's amazing. And I think you did just a phenomenal job kind of explaining we can reach for that potential and it probably will come quicker and easier by just focusing on being instead of trying to chase the doing that is the potential. Yeah, yeah. And we, we have a chance really to, to be given exactly what we need rather than necessarily what we want. There have been times, especially when I got involved in manifesting, when I was chasing something that I thought I wanted <laughs> and it turned out that it wasn't what I wanted. And it, I think this, this act of wu this act of sailing and, and finding yourself in the present moment means that you can be given exactly what you need. And that can be a million times greater than what our small little minds think we actually want. Right? Um, it's a little metaphysical, but perhaps, and it might not relate to <laughs> ordering at a menu at a restaurant, but it, it, there's something in it too that that what we tr- our highest desires and what we truly need to become to live the life that we're born to live can come to us much quicker when uh, we allow ourselves to be a little bit more guided by life rather than insisting and forcing and pushing through life. Yeah, I think that's a better way of putting it. I I, I love that and and I totally agree and. In, in some ways, it's easier said than done. And, and maybe in a lot of ways, it's easier said than done at, at times. Um, although I, I, I'm sure, you know, people listening, there's, there's bound to be the couple people that are going to ask the question, well, sure, yeah, that sounds really easy. But what about the money? Do you know what I mean? Like, I've got a family too. I've got bills to be paid and all this stuff. Like, how does this all how do you deal with all of this being where also like as a family man and, you know, having to support your, your children and put food on the table and where does money or, um, just the, the need to also support your family kind of like blend into all of this kind of being. Mm. Oh, and and I get it. (laughs) I got married at 42, um, became a dad at, was it 43? <laughs> so, and the reason was I was, you know, I was loving the single life, the adventurous life. I, I was able to travel at a whim. Um, but to tell you the truth, I was scared silly of providing for a family. I, I, yes, part of it was I didn't want to settle down and kind of be stuck with a white picket fence and slippers and a pipe. <laughs> but if I'm honest, it was just fearful that you know, I was pretty much just scraping by as it was. Um, no, that's not true. I, I, I had more than enough money back in the day, but, but to, to kind of bring another person or some kids into the equation just freaked me out. Um, so to me, the more present moment being I can align with, the more I can provide monetarily too for my family in a way that I love. I never, and that was one of my biggest fears was, was, I mean, I'm essentially self-employed. No one's, 
I'm not working for someone. I I make money through meditation courses and and doing talks and workshops and things like that, but I'm the one that has to arrange it. (laughs) And there's two kind of approaches to that. I can force it and push it and get stressed about it, or I can get as present as I can and, and follow my intuition and still be very, very active, but in a different kind of active again sailing versus rowing i can i can do it all with a big smile on my face and and at the end of the day that's it because i'm really i'm not working for the man i'm working for the man <laughs> yeah and somehow make it's all it's all working yeah and and the more i enforce it the less it works and I love how you say somehow it's all working because it kind of goes back to just like what we were referring to. And and again, it's it, I have the same the same thought almost daily where I'm like I get to do what I love to do and I'm enjoying it, and somehow it's all working. Do you know what I mean? Like somehow everything's working out where where I'm doing exactly what I want, and and a, a big part of that is just trusting that gut instinct and just kind of going with the flow, taking the opportunities that come at me instead of always trying to force it, you know, in one direction or another. Yeah. 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 You, you, you know, as well as I know, just that sense of how is this still, (laughs) how do I get away with this? (laughs) Yeah. It, it it is it is a phenomenal thing and and honestly like I couldn't tell you how often I would just I I ponder it just be like man I swear I'm the luckiest man alive like I just like I I, just, I swear to God every day like I'm just so lucky and 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 opportunities just come my way and things come in my direction uh and and again I think a lot of that is just going with the flow and and truly I I don't know I, I think having you know just being open to opportunities, to ideas, but also just being super grateful. Like all of these things I think add up to, to, to filling that donut, filling that hole so that it's a whole life instead of that donut life. And, and I think once that is more whole, um, I don't know, it's just, it's easier to be happy. And, and there's a, again, I forget how the quote went, but there was something along the lines of like, people want wealth and they want riches and they want that relationship, whether that, that spouse, um, and they want all of these things because they think it'll bring them happiness, but really what they just want is happiness. Like if you can just figure out how to like, how to cut the corner and, and forget about all these things that you think is going to bring happiness and just go straight to the source, go and do and be happy. And that's kind of the end outcome that you're looking for in the first place. So um yeah i don't know yeah i'm 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 with you i mean socrates i think once said that if you're not content with what you have now you won't be content with what you want to have to to kind of do it the opposite way around yeah that whole i have then i'll be happy is is if if you can't be content now you won't be content if your life looks the way that you want it to (laughs) but i think there's another piece to it too is i think we all need a mission, you know, and, and, and sometimes it's coming to terms with our personal mission really is, is, is so crucial because we, we listen again to too much 
to the outside, to our parents, to what we should be doing and, and don't really tune into what, what, what kind of a difference perhaps in our life or, or our family or, or the world's life, as the case may be, that we, we truly feel drawn to. So I, th- I do think, yes, you can be happy with nothing. And, and again, the whole theme of the book, you can be happy and content with absolutely nothing. And yet making a difference, having a mission and really doing your best to, to come through on that is a crucial part of, of a rewarding life as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that. And that's still something that I personally am, um, I wouldn't use the term struggling because I don't feel like I'm struggling with it, but I'm continually trying to improve on what my mission is in life. And I also am very okay with the fact that it's, it's fluid. Like most of, most of my references, uh, like the river and it's continually moving and, and growing and changing and, and evolving. And so, um, I think also too that that we're often told that we need that mission or that we need you know that thing that we're put on this earth for, but also being okay with the fact that it, that might evolve and change as we get older and as we grow and as we, you know, it, it's just it could be different you know year after year if need be. Yeah. Arjuna, this has been just a phenomenal conversation as always. Uh, I love getting to talk with you. Very, very thought-provoking for me personally. And I absolutely love both of your books, um, but definitely Chasing More and Finding Enough. Uh, I couldn't encourage this more. And again, uh, if you guys are on my Christmas list, uh, you're, you're going to be getting some, some of these. Um, but I'm going to move us on to the next part of the show, the fire round, uh, just because I, I try to wrap up all of my interviews with this. And, and I know I've asked you some of these questions on our last interview. Um, again, if you guys haven't listened to that one, go check out interview um, number 64, I think it was, uh, because yeah, just as many conversations as I can have with you, I, I just, I absolutely, uh, enjoy them. And, and again, thank you for your time, but, um, thank you. I I love talking with you. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I'm going to ask a couple different questions than, than I've always asked just because I I don't want to repeat myself too much with, uh, the fire round questions that I've asked before. Um, but what might be a recent lesson that you've learned personally, whether it be through a mistake or success? Um, I think it was just that trying to multitask lesson (laughs) with my kids, (laughs) trying to, to push something through and it not working. And then my kids just blowing up in the background and, and, and just the level of frustration and and hang on, (laughs) you know, um, I think, I think I, we're, we're probably all the same, but we, we learn best through experience, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was a recent, this week, the lesson was like, oh, dude, reminder, I don't have to do this. This doesn't work when I try and push. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, that, that what we were talking about. I love, I love that advice. And it, it's, it's so funny how everything you say is just, it's so relatable and how they're all so intertwined where, um, it's it's going with the flow. It's it's being present in the moment. Um, it's it's kind of listening to that gut instinct. If, if we do it all, life just gets so easy. And and part of that is just like sometimes stepping back, taking that breath, and and trying to live in the moment and realize like, okay, 
well, if I'm living in the moment, maybe I should be a parent first and then, and then, you know, finish email or whatever after that. And, and then doing that kind of is going with the flow. It is, you know, making everything just flow easier instead of trying to force it. And yeah, it's, they're all so intertwined together. I, I absolutely love it. Um, Arjuna, what might be a piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? Um, I think it was probably wrapped up around purpose and mission and, <laughs> and because I was just raging and what am I here for? <laughs> and just to know that it would happen, just to yeah. follow, follow the, follow the breadcrumbs, follow my gut, follow what I loved, follow you know, being of service to people and, and I'd find my way and I, and I'll continue to find my way doing the same thing, I think. Yeah. So yeah, you, if I could go back, I'd just, I'd just rest a hand on his shoulder and say, don't worry, it's all going to be all right. You will find your way. Just, just trust yourself. <laughs> I, I love that advice. And, uh, when I ask this question more often than not, like it's, it's still, it's mind blowing to me how many times people would say that they would tell a younger version of themselves, like, Everything's going to be okay. Um, and have you read the book, The Alchemist? Have you heard of that book? I have, many years ago. Yeah, so it's another one of my favorite books. Uh, if you guys haven't read it, definitely check it out. But it's that whole same concept where it's the breadcrumbs that lead to you know, the desire that he's looking for at the start. Um, but the only way there is through the breadcrumbs. And, and I also wonder how much of life is partly that we we have to just follow those breadcrumbs and like even if you don't have that mission or that like um that feeling of like what you're put on this earth for or that your destiny what, whatever you might be like searching for just keep going follow that intuition your your gut instinct and it's going to lead you to where you're trying to end up in the in the in the end yeah yeah i think uh what always helps is a, is a sense of contribution. Like, how can I help somebody else? You know, because that really makes a, a difference between a self-absorbed kind of life and one that's, well, a lot more healthy, actually, and happy is just that sense of how can I help you? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, following the breadcrumbs and, and how can I be of service? I, I love that. Something else that I, I wrote this down just as a question because it – it uh, one we've been talking about parenting a, uh, a bit on this interview, but also I was intrigued to see if you could have only one piece of advice that you could share with your kids. Would that differ for the advice that you would give yourself as a younger version? And what might be that one piece of advice uh, that you'd share if if you could only like if for instance I don't know why, but you you had one day left with them and and you could share like one piece of advice that you wanted to truly implant or uh, imprint on them what might that advice be oh it <laughs> well there's the advice that i give them now <laughs> but knowing that the way that they'll probably evolve as most humans do if i could have one piece it would just simply remember to be present remember to be present cuz life is present um that's what i would would tell them but you know they're so good at being present right now i don't really need to yet <laughs> fair enough um, right now i tell them be kind right now i tell them be kind be helpful be brave i love that as well 
Um, again, Arjuna, this has been truly phenomenal. And in response to your previous answer and something that I always try to do on my interviews and, and with all of my guests, I would like to provide value and ask if there's anything that I can do to help. So is there anything that you're currently focusing on that I might be able to help you out with or possibly even my listeners? Oh, man, you, in terms of service, you're so good. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm rocking along. Um, I wish I had something. I, I tell you what, I would, if you could encourage people to be more present, to be more grateful, and you do this already, but really this is the center of life. To be here now, to focus on the good, to focus on what you can do and how you can help, you know, that's the way we make a better world. It's not from our leaders or our sporting personalities or our social media influences. It's, it's our everyday interactions. And the more present and grateful and kind, helpful and brave we can be, <laughs> the better the world's going to be. So, and, and what you focus on grows. You just meet more and more inspiring, fun, helpful, kind, and brave people. So I totally agree with that. Keep on trucking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will do my best. Uh, and, and that's definitely something that I'm continually trying to work on is, um, is to, to one, to be a better version of myself. And then through that to help, uh, inspire and encourage others to, to do and, and be the best version of themselves as well. So I will continually work on that. And, and, and again, thank you, Arjuna, for all that you have done and shared with me through these interviews, uh, our conversations, through your books. Um, yeah, just thank you so very much for sharing your knowledge and, uh, and gained experience with others as well. So I applaud you for that. Um, Arjuna, again, if there's if there's people out there that want to connect further with you, um, that want to follow along your journey or possibly even want to attend maybe your, your meditation uh, seminars, anything like that, what might be the best way for people to reach out and connect with you? Yeah, well, um, ArjunaIshaya.com, A-R-J-U-N-A-I-S-H-A-Y-A.com, <laughs> or at the same on Instagram or Twitter, Facebook. I think I'm on all three now. <laughs> but um, yeah, however I can help. You know, I, 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 want, I want to be of service. I love conversations like these. So I love any opportunity to talk to anyone. So <laughs> awesome. I mean, you're just anyone. <laughs> well, thank you for everything, Nick. You're a superstar. Well, thank you. And, and again, uh, I very much value our time together, our, our interviews, our conversations. And, um, and I look forward to getting to paddle with you at some point. Uh, hopefully, I'm, I'm actually going to be heading to, to England um, next year, I think, for the World Championships. Fingers crossed that everything uh, keep going and that, you know, with COVID and everything, they let us in and the event happens. But uh, if so, I would love uh, nothing more than to connect and go paddle a river and uh, just get to hang out in person. So uh, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be connecting with you and reaching out later on uh, once that gets a little bit closer for sure. But I'd love to hit the river together. Oh, right on. We'll make that happen. That'd be cool. Final question of the day for you, Arjuna. What is your definition of awesome? Oh, 
fully, completely surrendering and living, embracing the life that you're born to live. That, that truly is phenomenal and, and something that I'm continually working on. So thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, again, for all of my listeners out there, I hope you guys got value out of this. I, I personally got a ton of value out of it. If you did, um, please, if you guys could just share this out with with a family member, with a friend, with anybody that you think might need to uh, hear part of this conversation. Uh, I also very much encourage you all to check out the book, Chasing More and Finding Enough, uh, a phenomenal read. And uh, I, again, I almost feel like this book was written for me personally. So very much, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't encourage, or I couldn't, um, yeah, I, I guess encourage more people to read it. It was just very inspiring for, for me personally. Um, so thank you for sharing that with us. And as always, guys, I'm Nick Troutman signing off, wishing you all an awesome day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.